Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. Hope you're having a great start to your week, and we're looking to continue the fight for the faith as we are looking to equip ourselves as Christian soldiers to fight the fight of faith. As we started off last week, we looked at the first uh, tenet, if you will, pillar of Calvinism, uh, total depravity, and we looked at, yes, man is depraved, but uh, man still has a choice of whether they will accept or reject God's invitation and God's wooing them and drawing them. Uh, but today we're going to look at the second tenet, uh, which is unconditional election. Unconditional election, and what that simply means is that God chooses. Uh, as I said this done before the world began. World began that. Uh, God chooses those who will be saved and those who will go to judgment. And what unconditional means in their terminology is that it's not based on man's actions, because they know that Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, not, uh, For by uh, grace through faith are you saved, and not of works, they man should boast. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God. So they know that part of it, so it's not based on works. So the unconditional part is not based on any conditions that man has met or not met, but that God has chosen in His sovereignty those who will be saved. And also in not choosing others, He has chosen that they will enter into, uh, into the fires of hell because of Simply his choice, that his, his choice is that some will be saved, that some will not be saved. And there's other tenets that go along with this. But if you believe this, then John 3.16 is not really to the entire world, for God so loved the world. And they still say that God loves everybody, but he's only chosen some. So I guess he loves some more than others. I guess that's, the only, that's really the only conclusion you can come to, because Calvinism promotes itself as a logical system. And as this is the logical end. By the way, this is when you place uh, man's logic and things that make sense over the Word of God. Instead of just trusting what the Bible says, we have to explain it. And this is a man-made construct for salvation. Yes, they have verses. Yes, they have things that they try to fit into this construct. But to be honest, you can fit the Bible out of context and out of, change the meaning of things and build a construct that whatever you want to believe. You know, that's how the Pentecostals and Charismatics, that they some of these things are just simply not in the Bible, but some they base it off of taking things out of context, twisting the Scriptures, as the Bible says, resting the Scriptures, meaning twisting it in the way that it wasn't intended, and applying it in a way that it was never intended, and making it say what you want it to say. Um, a great way to illustrate this is two terms, exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis means we gather the meaning from the text of Scripture. What the Scripture says is what it means. Eisegesis is in, uh, putting in a predetermined supposition or a predetermined thought and then fitting the Bible into that. And that's how you get false doctrine. And that's exactly what's going on with Calvinism here. 
And that goes on with Lordship Salvation. And that goes in with Baptism and Regeneration, or trusting in Baptism to save you. The, they put, go by an eisegesis. They, they believe something because of taking a scripture out of context, and then they apply it to everything else. So if you have this thought process, and you have this man-made system, which Calvinism is, then, yeah, the Bible can make sense in that way if you have this presupposition in your mind. The only problem is, is they don't have any Bible for this particular doctrine, really any of them, in that we are the elect. The Bible does talk about the elect, and the elect is those that call upon Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to look at here for just a moment I'm uh, going to take a look at our Bibles. I think that's important when we're talking about these things. In John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So what we see here is that those have received Jesus Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to be adopted in the family of God, to have their sins forgiven, uh, even to them that believe on his name. So what do we know? Uh, for John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him, puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the promise of the gospel. But what they're saying is, well, yes, there's only some that God has already pre-chosen who are going to accept, and also who are going to reject. So we look at this, if we, and I said this last week, if we, if we believe that, if we leave it at that, then God, then we really don't know. If we're in church today, that's because we're the elect. Because we got because we got saved, because we are the elect. Because God chose it, not because we did. God is, we're really robots. We really don't have a free will. Uh, we have a free will in certain things, but not other things. And they get into all complicated explanation of that. They kind of talk in circles on some of these things. Because if you believe that, you have to follow it to this logical conclusion that if God has chosen us, then we don't have a free choice. It doesn't matter what we do. We will do what he wants us to do. We really don't have a free choice, even though we see in the garden with Adam and Eve that they do have a free choice and that there's choices and actions. Yes, God is sovereign. God knows everything. Does God, uh, is God eternity present, past, and future? Yes. Does he know, did he know what Adam and Eve were going to do? Yes, he is God. However, he still gives us a choice to make. He doesn't influence that decision. He simply gives us, as he gave Adam and Eve, the instruction, gave them the consequence if they disobeyed, and let them choose if they want to obey him or love him and love him or not. Then, so if I guess that the command is to love the Lord your God, I guess we uh, love him because we're it's God's sovereign plan for us too. Yes, it is God's plan for us to love him, but we have no choice in the matter. So we love him because we're compelled to, we're forced to, not because we choose to. Even though we think we're making a choice, really, in the grand scheme of things, we're really not making a choice. So that's the, uh, that's the, 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 the end, pro, end result of this thought process, and it's twisted and it's wrong, and it's not what the Bible says. God gives us a free choice to accept or reject him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, if you believe in Calvinism, whosoever doesn't mean anybody. That's what that word means. Whosoever means anybody can call upon Jesus and be saved. But according to Calvinism, only those that are elect will call upon him to be saved. And that's going to get into, uh, it goes along with our next thing next week, limited atonement. Whereas, and I, and this one, I just, this is the one that bothers me the most, that Jesus only died for those that are the elect. He didn't die for the whole world, which the Bible clearly states. We're going to get into that next week. Uh, I'm going to take a deep breath on that one because that was the one that, I just be honest, it really burns me up because it just, it takes, it's blasphemous to say that Jesus only died for certain people, that God has only chosen certain people to be saved and other people not. 
Uh, it's blasphemous to say that about God, who very clearly says man has a choice of whether they will accept or reject. You look at Israel. They had a decision to make. They, either, they had a king that either had to accept or reject the will of God and the laws of God. They either accepted or rejected God's plan for them. And if they accepted, they were blessed. If they rejected, they were judged and put into captivity and had uh, people invade their land and they were under the judgment. So that's very, very clear. But that doesn't make them that they didn't have a choice. Then if you take away that choice, then I said, does God choose for us to sin? This this breaks up, uh, opens a... Uh, a theological Pandora's box, and and you and Calvinists write book after book after book after book to talk circles around all of these things, and they can't come to a consensus on some of these things because there's no way to explain it if you follow it to its logical end. That is exactly what happens. That's this is where you will end up. And they Calvinists say, "Oh no, you're not going to end up there." But yes, you will if you follow through logically. If you redefine the Bible, redefine terms, redefine the world, redefine whosoever, redefine all of those areas that the Bible clearly says, uh, then I guess that uh, if you redefine all of that, uh, so then why wasn't it clearly presented in different terms? Uh, For God so loved the elect, as they call it. Now, we do see the uh, elect mentioned, but not in the context of this, and we're going to look at that in a later uh, episode. But as not the context what's being said, that uh, yes, God did foreknow and foreordain before the, world's be- before the world began, what? That those who trust in Christ will be saved. That they will be have their sins forgiven. That's all that's meaning. That doesn't mean that they were predetermined to be saved. It just simply means that they would uh, accept the gift of eternal. That whosoever accepts it was ordained that whoever accepts eternal life is going to be saved. And th- that's just the context of all of that, which we'll get into at a later time. But uh, I just read this is a dangerous thought process. Don't be involved if you get the hint that and you're reading a book that's written by a Calvinist. Put that book down. Throw it away. You don't need to read it. Because that is going to permeate how they present everything. It is dangerous. If you listen to a preacher that is Calvinism, Calvinists stop listening to them because it permeates everything and it sneaks in and you begin to believe in things that they say, oh, well, that's what the Bible says, but it is a Calvinist viewpoint. It is dangerous. Get away from it. It will entrap you. This is probably one of the greatest uh, seducing heresies that we see today. And there was a great surgence of it, maybe. 50 years ago, uh, but now it was kind of died off, but now it's a resurgence again. Reformed theology. If you hear about reform, well, we're reformed. That's what they believe. They're Calvinist. Uh, because that's what the reformers, many of the reformers uh, fell in that. John Calvin was a reformer, and he came up with this theological construct to explain salvation, which isn't in the Bible. It isn't in the Bible. So we need to be careful. Anybody that's Calvinist, just get away from their stuff because it's going to you can't trust what they say about salvation. They can't. You can't trust what they say about the attributes of God because that's what Calvinism deals with. It permeates every single one of those areas. So I just wanted to warn you, be careful of that. And as we look at these things that we're going to pick up on the terminology they use, it's very subtle, but if you need to ask some questions if you're picking up on some of these things, especially if you're trying to find a new church and uh, they don't make a very clear statement 
Uh, but many of them are saying they're against Calvinism today, but they're accepting Calvinistic teaching without realizing it. So you need to be very, very careful. If you go to a church and they have no outreach and they just said, well, we don't need to be doing that because God's going to bring in the people that are very, they're heading in a Calvinist direction, you'd be very, very careful. We need to be evangelistic. But even then, there's evangelistic Calvinists as well. They believe some of the tenets, but not all of it. They still think we need to evangelize as God uses that as a, uh, as a tool to reach the elect who don't know they're the elect yet. So that's really how God does that. He doesn't just bring them in and we just wait for them to come in, but that God uses us to help them realize they're the elect. So you've got to be careful of that as well. All right, well, thank you so much for listening in this week. We'll get into more of these things next week. I hope this uh, series is a help to you to realize maybe some of the things you're saying, oh, preacher, is it that you're telling me? I've heard heard this exactly. Maybe Hopefully you're not hearing it in the church that you're attending right now or maybe heard it in a sermon or maybe you have a coworker or a family member that talks this way. Uh, to ask them more about what they believe because uh, sometimes people get caught up in Calvinism don't even realize it, or maybe it's a church they're going to. You can be a help and a blessing to them by showing them what the Bible says. If you have any questions about this, or like, hey, I just really don't understand some of these things, feel free to call me uh, at the church, Tabernacle Baptist Church, 254-554-2920, uh, extension 2. You can call me there, or you can email me at info at tbckaleen.org. That's info, I-N-F-O, at TBC for Tabernacle Baptist Church, Killeen, K-I-L-L-E-E-N dot O-R-G. Reach out to me. love to answer any questions. And if you have any topic suggestions, I'd love to hear from you as well. Remember to share this on social media. Share it on your Facebook page, your Twitter, whatever you have, Instagram. And uh, share this through, you can share it through RSS.com, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, and also sermonaudio.com. You can uh, share it all that way. And also you can go on each of, each of these and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.